And then one of our favorites was, I think because we were watching the Netherlands, this, what do you say, popped up or whatever with Catherine Coleman and on, Corey Timbu on, on YouTube. And um, you want to say anything about that? No. I will then. <laughs> um, when we lived in Michi Michigan, Grand Rapids, Michigan, we had a pr the privilege of being um, close to Corey Tim Boom because of she was speaking at my college, Calvin College, the auditorium there. And we, with others, were part of a ministry team with her. You want to share anything now? Well, just that Corey Ten Boom, for those of you who don't know, she was a lady that, she was, her dad was a watchmaker there in the Netherlands, and they hid Jews in their home during World War II, which, of course, was against the law. But they ended up then, was it Auschwitz, prison, um, and so anyway, that's... So anyway, as we looked at this, you know, we're streaming this, she looked just like, as she's sitting there in the chair next to Catherine Coleman, she looked just like he, she did when we were in behind the stage area. There was a number of us that were praying for her. And I remember especially she wasn't feeling well. And so remember that? So we gathered around her. God restored her strength into her. And she went out to share. Powerful, powerful. But those, we streamed a couple of those. She was in probably 85, I don't know how old, in her mid-80s probably at that time. Yeah. And she had a regular, very rigorous schedule. And, but you could just see the difference when the Holy Spirit just re-empowered her, I guess you'd say. That day in Grand yeah. Rapids. Right. So anyway, those were just some special things we normally don't do on a Sunday morning. And now we're going to go to the photos. These are special things we did. We did do entertaining things. Usually it involved our seven grandkids. Um, first, yet we have to traditionally take our kids to the Beltrami County Fair. I know the other grandpas and grandmas do too, but... We focus on the dairy because of my background growing up on a farm by Lehota with dairy cows. Is there the first one, number one, schoolhouse? There we go. Um, in fact, the grandkids enjoyed that. There was actual, we had them sit down and with their um, chalkboards or whatever, there were actual... Question, remember the continents? That was a hard one for some of them. But anyway, those, those are the kind of desk when I taught school in Volga, South Dakota. Those are what we had in my classroom. So I really liked that. Um, another favorite was, uh, we, before we went to the schoolhouse, was the blacksmith. Incredible. The grandkids loved him. We don't have a picture of that, but... He was a former veteran, and so we were able to thank him for his service for our country. Number two, absolutely, you got to visit the dairy, the calf barn. Uh, we have pictures going back many years where Penny and Clementine were so small, we had to stand beside them, holding them on top of that calf. So they're growing up. Uh, the dairy barn, Steve discovered the, the, the cow that you could practice milking, number three. And, um, well, that works too. Yeah, it's the dairy barn. And then let's go to number four. Andrew was along for a few hours. Uh-huh, Joy says, well, I'll try it. The other kids all kind of backed away. They did end up more of them trying it. But then Elsie, number five, she wasn't real thrilled with trying it. <laughs> so um, after that, number six, tradition, what do we get from cows? I always have them list everything. Milkshakes. We go to the milkshake stand and get those great big honking big 
milkshakes, and that's what we're all sipping on. I think that's when we saw Bob and Julie and their kids come. <laughs> so we ended up appreciating all the work that other people did so we could just come there and walk around and the kids enjoyed the horse show they love, the simulated flying at the forestry center. We don't have pictures of that. Thanks to the Civil Air Patrol, Diana Clough and her, some of her grandkids were running that. And then the fire tower. That particular day, there's no picture, but it was so windy. And so I had read the paper and it said the fire tower was not open on Thursday. And I thought, good, because it's too windy. As we were there over the intercom, <laughs> the fire tower is now opening. All seven grandkids, yes, we're going to. And I go there and I talk to Sandy Knotts. She was running. I said, is it really safe? Because you could see without anybody on it, you could see the top of it moving. Well, she said, yes, we wouldn't open it if it wasn't. So even the youngest, Penny and Clementine, this summer they were tall enough to climb the fire tower. We didn't. Sometimes we do, but we didn't that day. So anyway, another thing we did, five hours we spent there. Loved it. Another thing which is going to become a tradition, number seven, we went to Summerhill Farm, which is um, by Park Rabbits. It's originally a working dairy farm. So the original barn, farmhouse, and some other buildings are there. It's been turned into gift shops. This shows the restaurant. What's the name of the restaurant? Cafe 13, because do you remember Bruce and Marcia Freeman, their daughter Jenny? She was a friend of Sarah. She and her husband purchased that restaurant, and they have 11 kids, and the older ones help them now with that restaurant. So they call it Cafe 13, also an ice cream shop there. From there, we went to Adventures in the Back 40, number eight. They have these, lots of these miniature goats, special kind, forget Himalayan or something. Is that what they are? No, that's a different one. Um, we'll go to that one. What's that? Yeah, those are the goats. Those are the goats, yeah. So after leaving there, I think Penny said she wanted to have um, goats. You know, she loves animals. Um, so it's called Adventures in the Back 40. It's a brand new feature. Another Christian family um, bought this and is creating these adventures. And so another one was number 10, the human foosball. Number 10. That was very interesting, wasn't it? The kids loved that. It was so interesting. I thought, well, I should just go in there and try it. Yeah, so we actually have a video of Steve trying it, number 11. What did he just say there? I said, you can do better without me. <laughs> so I, they were saying, Grandpa, you missed it. So I thought, well, we'll just, I'll just watch you guys. <laughs> can any of you guess why? He just doesn't move <laughs> that fast. <laughs> anyway, and Andrew and Sarah were along on this trip. We absolutely needed their help. And then number 12, I believe, is the climbing wall. Instead of height, it was a long wrap around one. Very challenging. They love that. Um, 
Emerson, his favorite was number 13. Everyone got slingshots and whatever those little things are. And you had to try and hit those. There was all kinds of metal pots and pans and things. A whole village of that. That just shows one section. Uh, number 14, the balance beam. You can see how much work the new owners are putting into this for adventure. And it wasn't easy. I think, did Elsie and Emerson, the only ones that were able to do it? One part. And then uh, number 15 is the leap of faith. You want to describe that? Well, there's two poles. One is 15 foot high and the other is 30 foot high. And you climb to the top and stand up on With top safety, of it. They're With safety. They're attached yeah, to safety, safety gear. Right. So, and, th and then you jump off. Yeah. <laughs> So they all tried the 15-foot one. Let's go to the video of number 16. This is Joy. We'll get it. Wow, that was fast. So that's 30 feet up in the air. That's as high as the sanctuary here. Let me see the coach down there. She was... Anyway, needless to say, not all of them tried that. Was a couple of them went up part way. Andrew did. Most of them did, actually. Andrew went to the top of that one. Joy did, Elsie did, Emerson did, Penny. I forgot, Penny. I think Penny did, too. Um, Anyway, and through the whole camp, there's scriptures, there's scripture boards, there's scriptural principles that the leaders incorporate, like into that. There's scriptures regarding the leap of faith, and it was before you jump off. Andrew, what did you have to say? A goal for your life. So how would you find that? Was that as easy as Joy made it look? No, very, very scary. Yes. <laughs> but he did it. <laughs> and then we ended up at number 17. <laughs> what are you saying? No. I'm just looking, is that Sue back there? And Dave? Oh, Dave oh. and Sue. Good to see you. Yes. Awesome. Amen. We ended up at Cousins. It's uh, the, before we went in the car. You see them all with little bags of candy. It's a candy store. I love it. Seven cousins standing in front of the Cousins sign. So um, definitely, that'll become a tradition for us with the grandkids each summer. Another great highlight. I don't have photos of it. Is when Sarah and Andrew's daughters express their desire to get water baptized in Galt Lake. You want to say anything about that? It's wonderful. Yeah, very special. Yes. So Steve prepared the teaching, the, the scriptures, and then Uncle Andy and their dad, Andrew, baptized them in Galt Lake. That's all I got. Well, that's good. Thanks. So we're just sharing a little bit about what went on there in our summer. And now let's get into the Word. Yep. We're talking about deception prevention. This is the third message on that. And, you know, in the last several months, especially since COVID pandemic began, many have felt Satan attacking them like they haven't experienced for a long time. Uh, we've seen that. And we've known that. And there have been increasing clouds of darkness and deception and delusion and other attacks of the, upon people's minds, upon emotions, upon finances, upon relationships. 
In some cases, the enemy has worked hard at breaking down physical bodies, people are physical bodies, and through this avenue he can in turn attack us in our mind and emotions as well, or it can go the other way, that we get so emotionally stressed and our mind is so full of that that it can affect us physically. Well, something to remember is that we're not fighting against flesh and blood. It's a spiritual warfare. Ephesians 6, verse, starting at verse 10, says, A final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood. And you can put people in there, really. People. We're not, they're not flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly realm. I, I have an insert there for Ephesians 6, those same scriptures. Wherever it says, like verse 11, um, that you may be able to stand in the Greek, it means continue standing. Continue. It's not a one-time, I'm standing like joy at the top of that 30-foot pole. In our daily living and walking, we continue to stand against the wiles of the enemy. And verse 14, where it says, stand, therefore, continue to stand. That's the mindset we need to have. It's like every day, all through the day, we're going to continue to stand on the word. And that's enduring to the end, until the end result, where we will be more than conquerors in Christ. Now let's apply this in our lives, every one of us, and those watching or partaking through the live stream and such. I want you to, and I'll do it myself too, to apply this to things in your life that are battles right now that you're going through, okay? Things that you're going through. And there's, I would guess, no one here that there's not something. But it says, um, well, here I was going to mention this. This is a little booklet. I think I got it through Billy Brim's ministry. It's called Spiritual Warfare by Grace Ryerson Roos. And uh, it's a good little booklet on spiritual warfare. And here's a quote. I have a few quotes from her. She says, The enemy will send deceiving spirits. That's what kind of caught my eye with this teaching because we're talking about deception and how in this day we need to have our spiritual eyes and ears open that we aren't walking into areas of deception thinking something is really true when it isn't. The enemy will send deceiving spirits. Do not believe, and this, and this is a scripture now, 1 John 4, 1. Do not believe every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God. Satan will come trying to deceive many. And then she continues, do not be deceived and do not be discouraged. Through these attacks, God can teach us and acquaint us with the ways of the enemy. In other words, we can learn. As we're going through the battles, we can learn and we can become stronger, even stronger to face the next battle. And that would be the idea of it. God will acquaint us with the ways, that's the strategies, the methods of the evil one, of Satan. And then she continues further here. When we get through the dark clouds and despair, we will realize how complete our victory through Christ really is. 
God wants us to know that we are not his victims, but his victors. We're victors over him through Christ. We're his victims. So when we're facing life's battles, let's be encouraged with the perspective that we can be growing as soldiers in the army of the Lord. Um, 2 Timothy 2, verse 3. Overcome every form of evil as a victorious soldier of Jesus, the anointed one. So, using the battles to grow stronger, the very thing you're dealing with right now, grow stronger in spirit, grow stronger as a soldier of the Lord in his, in his army. God, during these days, he's developing a people who know their God in deeper levels. And one way that we really get to know him is when we do face adversity. Often when we're in the midst of trouble is when Satan will attempt at deceiving us. That's what he tries to do. He tries to make us think, well, this is never going to change. Are God's promises concerning what I'm going through really true? Or he'll make the, try to make the situation seem distorted or even bigger than it really is. Um, Annika and Jasmine are going to help me here. This is the point. I'll have you come up here. And they're going to grab, this is an illustration I used, wow, maybe 30 years ago, a long time ago. We'll let you grab that and take the spoon out first. Okay. And, uh, and you can stay in the, we'll have you stay in the light here because then the people that are watching live stream can see it better and just face kind of over where that, you see where the clock is, the green numbers? Um, but um, there's the spoon. Okay, that's the truth about the spoon is what Annika, and you can just show them the spoon there, Annika. That's the, that's the spoon. That's the truth about it. But then the jar and the water in the jar, that's circumstances of life, and it's even lies of the enemy. It's distortions that can come. Okay, now you can put that in there. And you can see, and we'll try to, maybe you can switch, turn around just a little bit. And you can see that spoon has changed. What you're seeing concerning the spoon right now isn't the truth. I mean, it's not what that spoon really is. And that's what the enemy will try to do in your life. The thing that you're dealing with right now, he'll make it seem big. It could seem enormous, like the giants, you know, in the promised land, or Goliath. Um, and it's a distortion. It's a deception. It's not the truth. Did you all see that? Yes. Set it. Okay, yeah, maybe you can set it there and... So anyway, that's what the enemy tries to do. Um, just happened this morning on my calendar that I have, one of my calendars, September 19, it says, your challenge is not your challenge. In other words, maybe you could put in there, your main challenge is not your challenge. Your main challenge is the way you think about your challenge. Your problem, or your main problem, is not your problem. It is the way that you look at it. It's the way that you look at your problem. And so that's... The enemy will try to wear us down. He'll try to get us to doubt the truth, to doubt God's word. But it's through enduring and standing in God's armor in the middle of these fights, right in the midst of them, that we can learn that we are more than conquerors. 
We read that in Romans 8:37. Yet even in the midst of all these things, we triumph over them all, for God has made us, God has made us, more than conquerors, and his demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. That's interesting, that his love is the victory over everything. God's love aligns us with God's truth and vice versa. Here's some things to remember, I believe. God's love will always align us with God's truth. When we're walking in love, we will be walking in truth. Walking in love and truth will make us more than conquerors. God's love and God's truth are winning ways. Walking in love will keep us aligned with truth and keep us free from deception. Keep us free from deception. It'll help us. It'll help us. You know, the thing about love, it's, there's an acrostic that we've shared. This is from way back, too, the first time, but it's the acrostic for love. The L standing for laying down your life. The O for other-centered. The V for vine and the branches. And E for everyone. Loving everyone. The vine and the branches part is that we are able to love only because we're a branch in the vine of love of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what allows us to. But love is other-centered and it's toward everyone, even our enemies. When we're doing this, and when our thoughts are toward that other person, uh, maybe where there's a situation where the enemy tries us to get into areas where we doubt them or to separate us from them, which is the, the idea that the enemy has in deceiving. He wants to separate us from God through untruth, you know, for, through making us doubt him or whatever. Um, can God really do this? Will he really do this to help me? Or through other, to other people? He wants to separate us from other people. But you see, when love is the stronger one there, then we're going to think of that other person and we're going to believe in them. Love always believes the best of another person. Um, oftentimes we can make assumptions or it will come to our mind. Someone does something that we think they're doing against us or to hurt us. That's our perception of it. But if we really find out the truth about it, that may not be the case at all. Joyce, Joyce and I watch, like to watch Hallmark movies. Joyce especially likes it, and I do too because she likes it, and I kind of like it, and they're relaxing, so we watch Hallmark That's movies. That's why I'll say I need a... What do you call it? He says, a cakery bakery one. I says, yeah, I don't need any drama tonight. I mean, for sure not a Hallmark drama. The thing about Hallmark Mystery. movies is that usually I call it a Hallmark move moment, not movement, <laughs> a Hallmark moment, when there's a certain, it's about three-quarters or four-fifths of the way through the movie, you know, these two, they're, they're romance, the feelings are all really rosy. I mean, it's really going strong and, and um, working up to that Hallmark kiss at the end, you know. <laughs> but then something happens. And one of the two, the guy or the gal, perceives that the other one is doing something that isn't true but it causes them to be separated. Are you following me? Mm -hmm. If you haven't watched the Hallmark movie, you aren't following me, but that's, that's what it is. Uh, and there's lots of different variations in that, just like there are in life. 
Maybe there's things in your life right now concerning another person or people where you're really believing they're doing something for a certain reason and you are wrong if you, when you really find out. Or maybe somebody's thinking that of you. Have you ever had that? I know I've had that many times. So are you going to share the personal example that you were talking about? <laughs> Yesterday I was thinking, Lord, is there some personal example that for us that you want us to share, you know, because it brings it home more. Than so just, Sarah just... and I were working at Red Umbrella, and I came home, and one of the first things he starts talking about is this thing from 45 yeah, so years ago. I was working on this, and um, just like that, I mean, I asked, Lord, is there some example? Bang, there it was. It was this time, 45 years ago. We had just been married, how long? Months, I think. I don't know how long it was. Yeah, just a few months, I suppose. And something happened. I don't think we ever figured out what it was. But we had a disagreement, and... So, what I like to do sometimes, I just take a walk. And uh, there was a pasture right close to our house, and so I went for a walk in that pasture. It's a golf course now, I believe. Same place your dad would take his yeah, walks. Yeah, he took his walks there. And um, so I went for a walk. And after I was done with the walk, I was feeling different, you know, I was feeling I was going to make up to Joyce and everything, and I come to the door to go in, and it's locked. Now, what would I perceive there? <laughs> well, the enemy, these little lies and like the spoon in there, you know, the truth wasn't what came to my head, you know, it was, oh, so now she's locking me out of my house, so... <laughs> Isn't that a fine, how do you do? <laughs> my new wife locks me out of my house. And, uh, so, so find out. You know, I, was, I remember telling this story 30 years ago, probably, as an example. And I was telling it, I think you were sitting in the audience. And what, I don't remember what I said then, but I was trying to guess why you... I never did find out why she locked the door. Uh, until, I don't think you ever asked. Until I gave this illustration 30 years ago, and I gave my side of the story, and then Joyce stood up and she, she says, what would you say? I need to tell you the rest of that story. After he left, I was crying, and... I needed time to compose myself because across the section there, Tim and Julie would run over often just to say hi to us. This was in Volga, South Dakota. And I didn't want to be crying when they unexpectedly, they're by our door. So it's like, I'll lock the door, I'll compose myself, and you know, then I'll open it again. And so he must have come back before. That was a short walk. <laughs> I don't know. The, anyway, the truth was I never thought I was locking him out of the house. It was all about me regaining my composure first before I was seen in public by anyone. So it was, it was nice to find that out, but that was like, Ten years after it happened, I suppose. I said to him, you really think I'd lock you out of our house? You know, it's like, then I almost <laughs> got upset with him for thinking that for ten years. <laughs> so I actually made you, you actually were crying, huh? Yes. See, we can't remember what it was. <laughs> well, know, I'm not going to say in this setting. <laughs> yeah. Better left unsaid. So, anyway, moving on to the next thing here. The thing is, love is a choice. 
I mean, I choose to love someone. It's not, I can't go by my feelings. But choose to believe the best choose of someone, like you said. First Corinthians 13 talks about that. You know, it talks about love. It says, all, love always thinks the best, like we just mentioned, best of others. It hardly even notices when the other person does it wrong. But love, but so many of these things, like the hallmark things or this, that was deception. We deceiving, when we're deceived, we believe something is true when it really is not. That's deception. And see, behind it, there is a spiritual warfare. You know, there's demonic things in the background. Satan is always there to separate. God is always there to unite. And that's what his love does. It's just the opposite of Satan and sin. They always separate. And that's his aim, is to get us separated from God somehow, however, whatever way he can figure out to separate us from God. You know, to get a wedge between us and God. Or it could be our spouse or someone at work or in school or wherever it might be. Um, Satan will try to get us out of love and get us into deception. That's what he does. Hallelujah. Just pause and let that sink in. We pause and let that sink in, in Jesus' name. So we're going to go the love walk. The love walk, where we are united and we aren't exposed or opening the door for deception and thinking someone is thinking something or saying something behind our back. Many, many times it's not even the truth. It's not even real. It's again like that spoon in the jar. But as we stay close to the Lord in our communion with Him, we will, in the end, be more than conquerors. Stand together strong in Jesus' name, whatever the relationship. Don't allow the enemy to bring deception, deceiving things, things that seem true, maybe because of circumstances or whatever. But you know, even if things are said, even if there are things where someone has hurt us and offended us, and it is true, love can overcome that too. We're more than conquerors through him that loved us and whose love is in us now. Jesus forgives us the blood that we sang about this morning. Oh, the blood of Jesus, it washes white as snow, and we can be forgiven. So we stand strong in the evil day of deception. So let's not get discouraged and quit when the enemy comes in with his roaring lies and deception. Sometimes that's how it can seem. We can learn through the hard experiences of life that Satan is a deceiver. He tries to get us to doubt God's word, to doubt God's truth. When experiences that we go through turn against us and it looks in our eyes from the natural perspective like God has let us down, our thinking can go, maybe God really doesn't love me like the Bible says he does. Satan whispers to us like he did to Eve in the Garden of Eden. Hath God really said? Did God really said that, say that? Is that really true, what the Bible says? And it's going through these hard times that we learn how our lying enemy tries to work, his cunning, and his goal. It's to get us into discouragement, depression, and despair. He wants us to throw in the towel and quit. But we can make a choice. Mm -hmm. Make a choice to believe. We can make a choice to love. 
we can make a choice to be in the joy of the Lord. I will rejoice in the Lord. And see, this is in the midst of the battle. It's not after it gets done. It's right now. And you know what? It may well, our walking in those ways may well expedite the end that we're looking for. When we're exposed to Satan's strategies and lies, we must make that choice to believe in God, in God's love and his goodness, in his word, no matter what. No matter what it looks like. Well, can't you see? Can't you see? Can't you see what's going on around here? Can't you see these symptoms? Can't you see how our financial books look? Can't you see? And when the enemy tries to get us discouraged and depressed over the hard things of life, we must look beyond our current life circumstances. We must look beyond them. And that's the call that's going forth to us here this morning that are in this sanctuary and to those that are watching. We must look beyond those circumstances. Look beyond what we see with our natural eyes. And we need to decide to stand in faith in God and in His Word. And by faith see the other side of the picture and know that in the end God will work all things out for good. You know, an illustration might be like an em embroidered, what do you call it, quilt or tapestry, tapestry. I was trying to find one. I didn't find one. But, you know, on, the, on one side of it, it can look like chaos and um, disorderly and confused. I mean, it doesn't look like a picture at all, but you turn it around, there's this beautiful embroidered picture on this material. Well, sometimes that's how our lives can look. They can feel very chaotic, very disorderly, very confused. But we need to remember who we are and whose we are. When we're believers in Jesus Christ, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And we will see the victory. Some battles are of short order. They don't take very long. But some of them are very long. That's where we need to continue to stand. That's the word that Joyce had here earlier at the beginning. It's endurance. It's continuing. It's continuance. It's not just for a little bit, not for a day, right. but for a week. Sometimes it can be years before we see the end result of something that we're desiring. Mm -hmm. the, where we're standing on the Word of God for that truth to prevail. But we make the personal choice. Yeah. He can't make the choice for me I can't make it for him or anyone else it's a gift from God personal choice Yes. it's a gift but he wants us to realize even again this morning we have the opportunity to personally choose our outlook our attitude the words we speak our perception. Um, I'm just wondering if we would um, be aware of that more, how instead of seeing someone else as the problem, <laughs> and we just say, oh, Lord, I'm choosing to look to you in this, Lord, if there's anything in my part or whatever, and then the revelation, oh, I can change in that area. 
So yeah, personal choice is a gift. So once we have learned these things, we will be more and more formidable in the spirit against the enemy. That word formidable, as I was writing that out, that stuck out, is that the Lord? Is that the word you would have there, formidable? Well, I looked it up, it means very powerful or strong, deserving serious attention and respect, very difficult to deal with. It's from Merriam-Webster Dictionary. And that's how we want to be toward the enemy. We don't want to be his victims, we want to be his victors. And how do we do it? The very things we've just been talking about. And then less and less will we be deceived. Less and less will we be deceived. We will not be afraid because we have learned the truth. And God's matured love in us will cast out fear. 1 John 4.18 And as we've seen before in this series, the truth will make us free. And that includes freedom from fear. That's one of the greatest freedoms there is, freedom from fear. And that's how we can be in relation to each one of us in our life's battles that we're dealing with now. Maybe it's people or things or finances or you name it, health. Um, praise God. One, one of the lies the enemy can bring, and I didn't, I'm, I'm going to write out some of these for us and get them in a form where I can pass them out later. <clears throat> but I had a number of lies that the enemy brings to us. And I didn't have this one prepared today, but it's, it comes to my mind though right now. And the first, it was actually the first one I had on the original list was the enemy will come and tell this sickness that you have, you will never get over it. It'll become a chronic thing or you'll die from it. You know, you will never be healed. Hath God really said, you know, but then what do we do? We go to the Word of God. What is the truth? What's the truth? What's the truth? Is what we see with that spoon there? Take it out of the realm of the circumstances and to the light, the true light, and we'll see the true thing which says, Surely he has borne our sicknesses and carried our diseases. And by his stripes we are healed. Surely. Then that's what we need to do. When the enemy comes in and lies to us, we just bring the truth to him. He can't, can't stand the word of God because it's alive and it's powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword. And the sword coming forth from our mouth is so devouring of him and his lies. Amen. And that's, that's where we're going to close that today now. So we'll just soak that in. We'll keep it soaked in. And keep focusing there. And that's what we need to do. And when the enemy comes in with those lies again, we focus on these truths. And you find, for your life circumstance, you find the truth from the Word of God that you can stand on in your life. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your help in these things. We need your help. Yes. Well, we thank you that you give it to us. We seek you and we find you when we search for you with all our heart and we are found of you in your strength and your conquering love. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it. Amen. I've got just a couple announcements here this morning.
chicken enchiladas Adana Maria are making for us today. Awesome. So we invite you, please stay for fellowship in those genuine chicken enchiladas. Next Sunday we will be having communion. Tim mentioned communion this morning. Next Sunday we'll be having communion. Um, an upcoming event on Sunday, October 24, Carol and Ronnie Ruano, that's Carol Schlimmer, will be here with us. Forgiving to Ten Strike Church, if you're not here in the room, if you're here, you can put them in the boxes on the back wall. Those, Otherwise, uh, Box 67, Ten Strike, they can be mailed or else just go to our website. Hallelujah. And Tim, you have an announcement? This, this coming Saturday, um, out at the Thurlow Ranch, we're going to have a hoot from about 3.30 to like 7.30. Um, recent uh, additions, Kent, and uh, is your wife going to be here too? There? Awesome. So Kent and Bended Knee and the whole clan, I think, I suppose... Rod's going to play with you guys, so I think we have three different bands, uh, 400-pound pig. It's going to be a hoot, really a good time. Um, if you have, if you know Diana, especially, give her a call, and if there's something like bring some extra pork and beans or something, she may need some help. I was hoping she'd be here today, but just please come out, but mostly pray for unsaved, pray for people to get saved, healed, and delivered there's going to be a bunch of anointing flowing through that place on Saturday. Amen. Thank you, Tim. There's one, one other thing we're going to do after Doug. We'll say goodbye to those watching. and We're going to have... Uh, Doug's going to let me know when we're done live streaming. Okay, we're done.